Changed by Love is the teaching ministry of Pastor Jim Kevney of Calvary Chapel Morris Hills in Morris County, New Jersey. Pastor Jim's desire is to teach the Word of God with passion and simplicity, as well as a direct application to our daily lives. Have you ever known someone whose actions did not match their words? Maybe they talked about the importance of honesty, but they habitually lied, or they criticized selfish people, yet they never offer a helping hand. In today's message, Pastor Jim teaches that as Christians, our conduct must reflect the teachings of the Bible. If the Bible teaches that something is a sin, we can't continue engaging in that behavior. Is there anything in your life that doesn't align with the Scriptures? Well, let's join Pastor Jim in the book of 2 Timothy chapter 3 as he begins his message, Continue in the Things You Have Learned. Over the years, I've noticed there are a few things that seem to mark people that we might call successful. And I'm not talking about financially. I'm talking about in a whole variety of areas. People that just seem to do whatever they do, they just seem to be good at it. Uh, one thing is that most people that are good at things have a very good work ethic. Do any of you know what a work ethic is? Just curious, just curious, okay. They have a very good work ethic. Uh, also, at the same time, people with, they have a good work ethic, they also have a very teachable spirit. So they work hard, but they're willing to learn from other people. And I've also noticed that those people, uh, and this is probably a good thing if you consider yourself to be younger, uh, to, to notice, is that those people who have a great work ethic and a teachable spirit often seem to attract great examples and great mentors, like people who are willing to pour their time into them. And I know when I was younger and starting out with, in the business world, I had a lot of mentors and I always wondered why these guys would do it. And most of them would say, well, you seem like you really wanna learn, you really are hungry for it, and so you're not wasting my time, so I'm going to pour some time into you. Uh, the other thing is that I've noticed in such people over the years is they take the things that they have seen and they have learned and they're able to make them actionable. They're able to take the concepts and actually do something with them. They're not habitually procrastinating. They're not they're just always just trying to make it. It doesn't have to be perfect. A lot of times people think we can't start something till it's perfect. It doesn't have to be perfect because it's going to change anyway. And, and so there's many other things. You know, it has to do with sometimes the God's sovereignty, being in the right place at the right time, certain gifts that you have. Uh, your discipline to the task, we could go on and on about that. In 2 Timothy chapter 3, we see the effect that great examples have on us. And that's a lot about what the Apostle Paul is going to talk about tonight. Last week, we saw awful examples and the people who follow them. And last week in verses one through nine, especially verses two through four, maybe even five, you could say, uh, it was a very direct and sobering list of horrible characteristics that we can expect from people. And contextually, it was inside the church. Uh, but we also know the same things are people outside the church. But again, in the last days are the time in between, we said, essentially, between Jesus' first coming and his second coming. And we said part of that reason is, is that the forces of darkness know that they're on a time schedule. And that's why we see in almost every generation somebody really, really evil 
just rising up as, as the heat is on the unseen world. So the Apostle Paul now here is sitting in a Roman prison. Uh, he's about to die, and he's writing a letter to Pastor Timothy, who he sent to the church in Ephesus, because there was a lot of problems going on up there, and then he was telling, telling them to avoid certain types of people, not because they were not worth his time or something like that, but they weren't worth his time because they showed absolutely no sign of repentance. It's like they don't want to change, so that, those are not the people you're going to pour your time into. And without his mentor, Timothy is going to have to take the Apostle Paul's example and his teaching He's going to have to continue in it, and he's going to have to make it actionable every day. So most of us in our lives, we've had some good examples. Sometimes we didn't even realize we had some good examples, but we've had good examples. People who have been faithful to the Lord. If you're new to the Lord, you have to look around. Not everybody is as faithful as other people, but people who are faithful to the Lord and and continue to learn ourselves, the word of God coming out to Bible study, coming out to church to learn on a Wednesday night more of the word of God. Uh, we've also probably seen professing Christians, or if you haven't, you will in time, seen professing Christians to get sucked into the culture, to get sucked back into the culture. And now the heat is gonna be on for Timothy with Paul leaving, and it's certainly on for us as well. Many people don't seem to realize it, Yet the Apostle Paul is constantly calling us in his writings to remain firm and not to fall away, to hear, hear and heed the call of the word of God. So the Apostle Paul acknowledges Timothy's faithfulness in the past, but more importantly, calls him, he calls all of us, to a faithful future. So I've entitled today's message, Continue in the Things That You Have Learned. Continue in the Things That You Have Learned. Well, let's pick it up at verse 10. He says, but you, what do you mean, but you? Well, compared to the terrible stuff we heard last week, if you weren't here, you might want to go back and listen to it. Uh, the terrible sins, uh, uh, habitual sins of verses one through nine, again, particularly verses two through four, two through five. He says, but you have carefully followed my, and if you have your Bible, you might want to circle that word my. Uh, that's what we call a possessive pronoun. What, you say, what in the world does that mean? It means that in all of these things he's about to list, you could put the word my in. Some of your versions do, some of your versions don't. The one we're using does not. Uh, so he says, you have carefully followed my doctrine. Some versions say teaching manner of life or my manner of life. Some versions say conduct, purpose or my purpose, my aim in life, some versions say. Faith, long-suffering, some versions say patience, love, perseverance, some versions say my endurance. Then we come to verse 11, he says persecutions, uh, afflictions, the suffering which he has gone through, which happened to me at Antioch, at Iconium, at Lystra, what persecutions I endured, and out of them the Lord delivered, some of you have heard say, rescued me. Now one of the things that's obvious when you go through First and Second Timothy is that the relationship between the Apostle Paul 
and Timothy is often stressed. So how it's a good thing to have others in our lives that are influencing us for the gospel. And then the further along you go in the gospel, in following the Lord, then you then pass it on to someone else. So I always have this feeling that the people who initially poured time into me, I owe them by trying to do the best I can do to pour time into uh, other people. And so they traveled together a lot. It was just, you know, and you could imagine sometimes, you know, the Apostle Paul would have something on his mind and something would happen and people would say something and he would just look at Timothy and say, walk with me. And, and he would explain to him what's, what's going on. One of the Star Trek movies is the beginning of that, one of the modern ones. And, the, and he says to, uh, actually to Kirk's son, uh, or the, his father, and he says to him, walk with me, walk with me. And then he gets on the elevator, and he says, one of my favorite leadership scenes in all, the, in all of uh, the movies, and he gets onto him and he says, Mr. Kirk, you are in charge now. And he, he goes and he, and he dies on the plane, on the uh, alien ship, and then Kirk, uh, the father of the one who ends up being the famous James T. Kirk, uh, this, that Kirk, he flies the, the, he evacuates the ship, and he flies everybody into the, into the ship that's trying to destroy them so everybody else can escape. So he's probably one of those guys saying to, you know, Timothy, walk with me. And, and perhaps here the Apostle Paul is telling Timothy, uh, you were privy to a lot of things that a lot of people didn't get to see. You got to see what I taught and the way I taught people. You, they traveled a lot together. You got to see the way I lived. You got to see the fire in my soul that was the fire of the Holy Spirit. You got to see me beaten, arrested, dragged out for dead. You got to see all different kinds of things in me. You saw, Timothy, the character that the Holy Spirit was constantly growing in me and enabling me to live out my faith despite all of the difficulties that we were continually facing. Uh, I could imagine just sometimes, you know, when Timothy was new and younger and, you know, looking at some of the other guys who traveled with them going, is this guy for real? And they're like, oh, you ain't seen nothing yet, buddy. <laughs> this, guy is, he, this guy is the real deal. He is, he is totally sold out uh, to the Lord. And so we also say, you got to so see how much I suffered for the gospel, but in light of all of that, you got to see how faithful the Lord was to rescue me. Like when I, everybody thought I was doomed, then Jesus showed up. Now, why would he mention this to Timothy and to us? I think he's mentioning to us, and again, remember, he's getting ready to die for this simple reason. So problems, so oppositions, so difficulties do not take us out and take us from following Jesus. Uh, fair to say that if disobedience to the Lord characterized the last section, which we did last week, active obedience is what characterizes this section. Uh, here in verse 10, we see that, that he says, you, you, you've seen all these things, you've carefully followed all these things in me. And then when we get to verse 11, well, if verse 10 was his active obedience, if you're taking notes, you might want to write verse 11 was his passive obedience. You saw how I was when I was persecuted and when I was afflicted. 
you, you, know, the, you saw what I did, but you also saw how I reacted to things that were beyond my control. Now, he's not bragging. He's not bragging at all. He's saying, okay, just remember, you saw these things. These were things that God was doing in me. God has done some of them in you and wants to do them in you. And, and remember back in chapter two, he said to, you are to pass these on to other men that can pass them on to other people. Of course, that means that you've got to have other men to pass it on to. And, and he's basically saying, you know, you saw uh, the Holy Spirit's work in my life. And Timothy, I've seen his work in your life. And loved ones, if you are a follower of Jesus, if you're not, and you're, if you're not a follower of Jesus, we hope that you will become one even maybe even today. And so, but, but if you are a follower of Jesus, the Holy Spirit is working in your life. And as you see in the Apostle Paul's life, not everything is going to be easy. So a lot of things are gonna be very, very difficult. And I know that's sort of that, that you know, it's not church thinking in this day and age, but, but that's the way it is. I mean, look what happened to Jesus. Sinless. And what do they do? They arrest him and they kill him. And so we think one little bad thing happens to us and we're like, oh, God's not taking care of me. Or people come to church one time, you know, 30 years of complete dysfunction, 10 years of doing drugs and alcohol every day. They come one time and they go, it didn't work for me. It didn't work for me. If God cured you of everything the first visit, you would actually go out and do such damage to yourself the next day, it, you would be dangerous. And so we need to be really, really careful uh, about that. And he says, the first thing he says, you've carefully followed my doctrine, my teaching. Notice in Paul's life, he always puts a high priority on the word of God. You, you've, you've heard me teach the word of God. You've heard me teach it and you've carefully followed it. You heard it, you read it, you saw it in action, and then you went out and duplicated it. And Ephesus was no easy place. And he sent Timothy there, and Timothy was a bit timid. He was no Apostle Paul, but he hung in there, and he was doing the work of the ministry. So the Apostle Paul knows this, that after he said that, you followed my teaching, and then he connects it to all different kinds of things, manner of life, purpose, faith, long-suffering, love, perseverance, and he basically, he knows, the Apostle Paul knows that Bible teaching must be connected to our manner of life. Bible teaching must be connected to our conduct, Despite what a lot of people go around saying, they're like, ah, you're forgiven your sins, past, present, and future. It doesn't matter how you live. Just ask God for forgiveness or he's gonna forgive you anyway. I don't want to have to edit the CD. That's malarkey, okay? <laughs> that is a bunch of baloney and your baloney meter should be going off the charts when you hear people talking like that. How we live matters. How we live is a reflection of what God is doing in our lives and has done in our lives. And so he's reminding Timothy of this, basically this, that his teaching explained his life and his life exemplified his teaching. So he's saying to him, listen, you heard what I taught and then you watched what I taught lived out in my life. And then next he moves on to his purpose and the apostle Paul was a gospel man. He had a single-minded commitment 
to the Lord Jesus Christ. That's what he was all about and everything he did. Now, we know he had his own business. He was a tent maker. So how did he make his tents? As unto the Lord, as being honest, as trying to do the best that he could for his job. He did it because he didn't want to take money from people. And you know, I guess he was one of those guys who always felt like he was playing catch up, I think. And, and, but the, this word also speaks of determination. He was a man of great determination. Sometimes we use the word resolve. He was a man with a plan, determined to follow Jesus to the end. Listen to what Jesus says in Luke 9, 62. But Jesus said to him, he's been talking about the cost of following him, and he says, no one having putting his hand to the plow and looking back is fit for the kingdom of God. Now, the apostle Paul never put himself out there as a perfect man. But one thing you gotta say about him is he was not a guy who wavered. He was constantly at it. He did not want to give up. And what a worthy goal for all of us to, to realize that we're not going to be perfect, but to say to ourselves and to say to the Lord, I want to be that man. I want to be that woman that does not waver, that does not you know, just shy away from doing the right thing at the right time. I want to follow you, Lord. So verse uh, 10 closes out with what some might say, we just read it, but we'll go through it again a little slower, closes out what some might say is the heart of the Christian life, all the result of God's transforming grace uh, in our lives. Faith, what, what, what is faith? Faith is essentially a personal commitment to Christ, faith towards God that is lived out. It's not enough just to be like, well, I believe. No, it's, it's something that we, that we live out. After that, he says long-suffering. Some of your versions say patience. It's an attribute of God, uh, personal uh, patience with, it's personal patience with people, which is probably the most, one of the most difficult things for all of us. But without it, if we're, if we're so impatient with people, we will find that it is very, very easy to give up because people will discourage us in, in many different ways. Uh, love. He goes next, and, and, he, and then since God loves the Apostle Paul, the Apostle Paul loves God, and he loves people. Uh, perseverance, we might, some versions say endurance. This is patience in difficult circumstances, that you know that God is using those circumstances to do something in your life that's going to be worthwhile, and, and so Again, he's, he's not bragging. He's passing on lessons that he's learned and by the grace of God lived out. And then, in fact, he closes the verse to show us that he's not bragging. And out of them, the persecutions, the Lord delivered me or the Lord rescued me. So here the Apostle Paul reminds Timothy and all of us, while life can be very hard, when we're gonna constantly be faced with trials to endure, this reveals an important part that we all need to learn in the Christian life. Uh, on the one hand, we can never add to what Jesus has done for us on the cross. We are saved by grace alone, through faith alone, through Christ alone. Yet on the other hand, there will be times when we are called to follow in the footsteps of our Savior. And we will be called to follow him in character, we'll be called to follow him in godliness, and yes, we will be called to follow him in suffering. 
So the Apostle Paul is moving us as he often does. He's a very logical preacher. He's very systematic from learning to living to suffering. And we might say, well, why is he telling us all of this stuff? Why is he telling Timothy all this stuff? Well, he says this in verse 12. Yes, and all who desire to live godly, some versions say live a godly life in Christ Jesus will suffer persecution. So he says, if you if you are a committed follower of Jesus Christ, you can expect, oh joy, to suffer persecution. Now, uh, people will sometimes say, well, all? Does everybody do that? And so that's why some people approach verse 12 as sort of a, a, a proverb more, and if you know the proverbs, the proverbs are general rules for living. So when you read the proverbs, don't always be like, well, that doesn't happen to me all the time. They're just general rules for living. But it might be better to say that you will see some degree of persecution. All people will see, if they follow Jesus, some degree of persecution. So let's take one, the far extreme. Some people will lose their lives. Some people will be martyred. They will be killed because of their faith. And the other extreme is just some snide comments you might get from your family during the holidays. You know, there goes Mr. Jesus freak, you know, and, you know, there he goes, right? Can you believe he made us all say grace before, before we ate? Is he kidding me, right? And, um, and so that's, that's the nice thing about having little kids and grandkids. Uh, they, they all say, right, we have to say grace. Everybody has to hold hands, right? So they do it and everybody thinks it's cute and stuff like that. But when you do it, nah, it's not so cute. And so followers of Jesus, for the most part, uh, have it pretty easy in the United States. Now, that is changing, but not to the degree that it is in other parts of the world, for sure. Um, but but the, you know, if you live out your faith, it can be tough. Now, yet everyone also suffers in other fashions. You know, sometimes the unexpected death of a loved one or your health or trouble. All of these things that suffering, and, and we live in a culture where, you know, we're not supposed to suffer. So there's one little bit of, one little bit of pain, and what do we do? We reach for the Advil, you know? Some of you are like, no, I reach for the Tylenol, Pastor Jim. Okay, so we can't, you know, you, you, you sneeze one time and you're like, oh, allergies, right? It's just always, we, 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 we cannot live with, with discomfort, um, and all of this discomfort, all of this suffering, all of these snide remarks, all of these people you know, saying things about us, all tempt us to leave following Jesus, right? And, and this is, I think, sometimes we don't realize that some of these things that come into our lives, and we are like, God, why would you let this into our life? Did you ever think that maybe God's allowing it into your life to toughen you up? To show, to see just how dedicated you are to this thing. You know, to, to say this, so it's the real, to find it, so you can see that you're the real deal. So here he says that all who desire to live godly in Christ Jesus. What is he talking about? True salvation and real faith in action. And sometimes it is difficult times that's the real thing that's going to, you know, really reveal how true your faith is. So this is a true and ever-increasing commitment to Jesus Christ. And when you have that true commitment to Jesus Christ, that will often create problems in a variety of settings. 
all because, right, that God's intervention in a follower of Jesus' life produces a whole new value system. And you're gonna find a lot of times there's just certain things that you cannot go along with. You have new conduct, you have new priorities, and, and your friends, your family, your business associates, they may completely disapprove of it. And your, your career, some of you will find that because of your honesty and your integrity, your career may be limited. And you know that tells you a lot about maybe you should or should not be looking for another job if they're limiting your career because you're honest. I mean, I loved honest employees, right? I still do. And so that's a very, very important thing. Uh, uh, some people, because of their faith, and we've had people in this church where this has happened, where they've gotten fired because of their faith. I, I would advise a lot of people not to use the company email anymore to be talking about your faith with your church friends because all they're gonna say is you're using the company email for personal stuff. Changed by Love with Pastor Jim Kevney of Calvary Chapel, Morris Hills in Morris County, New Jersey. Changed by Love brings you the great hope of the gospel to equip you to reach others with this transforming message. In a world filled with fear and mistrust, Pastor Jim provides the path to freedom in a clear and transparent style. Changed by Love needs your help to reach thousands, including your friends and neighbors. Find out the ways you can team financially with Changed by Love by visiting our website at changedbyloveradio.org or call 862-217-9686. Pastor Jim would love to hear your story and how Changed by Love has impacted your life or someone you know. Your encouragement goes a long way. Thank you for spending time with Pastor Jim Kevney and Changed by Love.